Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Here's what's coming up on this episode. We create on-demand spaces for students to connect with peers, faculty, and staff across their institution. Once a student asks a question, gets an answer, we automatically take that interaction and make it part of that community's knowledge repository. The ones who can do it on their own, they swim. The ones who can't, they sink. And I was one of the ones who sank, like the Titanic. I I just couldn't. I needed the one-on-one attention. So I really see the added value in what you're That's where you'll start to have the highest impact for the most number of students in the most cost-effective way possible. Yes, and, and college is love hearing cost effective. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of Ed Up Ed Tech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And today we are welcoming back Katie Kapler. She is the co-founder and CEO of Inscribe. Welcome. Yay. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. When I was telling you in the meeting before, it's been over a year. It doesn't even feel like it's been that long since we chatted. (laughs) It's crazy how much time goes by. How quickly. So much has happened. And also how did it go so quickly? Yeah. And then you also feel like, oh, I have so much to do too. (laughs) Like like these big projects are off my plate. But before we jump into all the things that you're doing or you have done in the past year and Inscribe and what's coming up, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got into ed tech and Inscribe and all that good stuff? Yeah. So, you know, I have been working in the ed tech space, mostly in post-secondary, really my whole career, which is probably more years than I want to admit right now. I started at a company here in Denver called eCollege. So this is kind of late 90s, early 2000s. And for those of us who have been around a while, you might recognize that name. eCollege was one of the early learning management platforms in the market. And what was unique about them, though, is that you know we chose, even in those early days, to really focus in the online learning space. So if you were running fully online programs at that time, you were probably using eCollege to power that experience for your learners. So that was really exciting. And it meant that I kind of grew up, so to speak, in the world of online education, working with non-traditional students. So the students that we served, they were all you know, what we know today, working in parenting and learning at a distance and many first in their family to go to school. So it was Number one, very eye-opening to me to see how technology could open up access to education for this whole population of students who otherwise would have been left out of the process. Um, But 
also to really start to understand how these students were different than the traditional students who are going for four years in person and getting to partner with the institutions to think about what are the unique needs that these students have around how we support them, how we engage and interact with them. That was experience for me. It was very transformational and absolutely the groundwork for what we now do at Inscribe, which is really creating very flexible, on-demand, adaptive spaces for students like this to access, to connect with peers and faculty and staff when they need help or have questions. So it's all about meeting these students where they are. And I definitely credit my sort of origin story with helping me understand that and have the passion and empathy for those learners to really think about what they need. That is great. And thank you for taking us through that and reminding us of your journey and your story here. And when you said e-college, it sounded (laughs) familiar. I was like, I've heard of that before. And then when you said 90s and LMS, I was like, yep, definitely heard of that before. (laughs) Yes, it's funny. And a lot of really amazing education and ed tech leaders came out of e-college. So you'll probably run into a few of them even on this podcast, but super um, cool. Love it. I would love to run into like, I love hearing the stories about when people are like, oh, when online learning first started or like, and I was doing this in the seventies or the eighties, I like just really intently listen to those stories about what happened and just to see how far we've come. And still so far to go. I think. Yes, yes, absolutely. Exciting to see how that world has expanded and grown um, over the past 20 something years. Absolutely. Well, we want to know, tell us a little bit for the listeners who haven't got to listen to your previous episode, but they will, because I'm going to link it in the show notes. So you should listen to that episode first, then this one. Tell us a little bit about what Inscribe is, and then tell us what you've been up to for the past year. Yeah, so Inscribe is a virtual community platform. We create on-demand spaces for students to connect with peers, faculty, and staff across their institution. So they have one place to go anytime they have a question, they need help, They just want to reach out and connect and share ideas with somebody else. We really work across the entire student journey. So the institutions we partner with will have communities focused on everything from admissions to advising and coaching to academics and learning. And even now we do a fair amount of alumni engagement and coordination. But when we think about that, even across all those different examples, what we're doing is really the same thing. We're creating a space that the students can turn to anytime they need it and to do it in a very scalable way. So one of the things that's kind of unique about the Inscribe communities is once a student asks a question, gets an answer, we automatically take that interaction and make it part of that community's knowledge repository. So the idea being that when the next person comes along, if they have the same question, they can find the solution they need right away. So we're always balancing this idea of helping students connect with each other, but doing it in the most efficient and effective way that we can. Absolutely. So I love Inscribe and I love what you're doing. I always say like these types of technologies, I really, truly wish they existed when I was in college. I felt like, I think when I talked to you last, I think I said something along the lines of, I didn't feel like I really had a handle on all the places to go or what to do or how to connect until like my junior year, which is like, you're almost done at that point. So you struggled through the first couple years and then it's like, oh, maybe by mid my junior year, like you feel comfortable and then it's over. 
<laughs> it's done. <laughs> like I really would have liked to have had a little bit more of a handle on it. And I'm sure students nowadays too, a little bit earlier. And why not tap into all that expertise of those juniors and seniors who have been through it and give them the opportunity to, yes. to coach and mentor the students that are coming along behind. And yeah, so we want to demystify all of that confusion and anxiety for students and just make that process much easier and more simple. Right. And back in the days when I went to college, it was like you were running to the offices. There wasn't like Blackboard was just becoming big, the LMS. They had just adopted that at the institution. That kind of stuff was happening. So you were literally running around to these different places, brick and mortar buildings and trying to figure it out. It just wasn't fun. It can be totally overwhelming. And a lot of students give up, right? After the third try, it doesn't feel worth it anymore to try and figure it out. Yeah, it's like, it'll just figure itself out, right? (laughs) Right, or, you know, or they won't be there very much longer. So Yeah, they'll go somewhere else for sure. So tell us what has happened and transpired in the past year for Inscribe. Yeah, so one of the things that's really important for us when we think about the effectiveness of our community spaces is you really have to be where the students are and when they are for it to work. And so we talk about this as like community and context. But if if you think about it, if you have a space where you want students to go, but it's six clicks deep or it's a totally independent system or they're having to sign on with some different credentials, you're adding just enough complexity there that the students are either gonna forget about you or give up before they get to you. So our mission has always been to identify those points of friction that students feel and also to learn where are students spending their time and energy and then create entry points for our community in those locations. And we really doubled down on that this year in a couple of ways that are a little different but kind of accomplishing the same goal. One of those is that we realized, especially in our academic and learning communities, students are getting stuck and struggling the most when they're trying to apply their learning. And they're often trying to apply their learning when they're actually in the content and curriculum. And so we worked with some of our partners to identify the specific courseware products that they're using from publishers, and then to create integration points in those courseware products. So we have, a, for example, a really dynamic integration with the Zybooks platform from Wiley, where as a student is working through their computer science, they have one-click access to their inscribed community where they can find answers, ask questions, get help from their faculty. And we've replicated that model across a number of different places. We just announced a partnership with Lumen Learning, where we'll be integrating with their content and curriculum. Oh my goodness, I love adaptive learning. Yes, (laughs) yes. And that model of just-in-time support and how that feeds into that adaptive model, right? And how those two things really work in concert together. And then we're getting ready to announce a partnership that we just did with MindEdge Learning as well. So they're also a, a content provider and kind of the same idea, like let's get into the content and as the students are going, if they're struggling, we can be right there for them. So that was one way we tackled it. And then the other way is that we released our first native mobile app for our platform. And what that meant is when it's not possible necessarily to integrate into all the places that the students are, we didn't want to get left behind. And so by giving students the ability to put their inscribed community directly on their device and to get notifications there about what's happening and who needs help and where you can jump in to support 
we were able to drive up participation and engagement in those communities really, really significantly. So we're always thinking that we want to make it as convenient as possible for the students, as easy to access and use. And that was a big focus for us in the in the previous year. I love the fact that you went to your partners and how closely you work with them to figure out solutions to these problems that are occurring or where these bottlenecks occur for students when they're trying to say, get into an institution. And also I know as a student or just having students, even grad students, they wait to the last minute. (laughs) They're, They're on the computer at the 11.59 PM on a Sunday night, trying to figure out, learn the content, do the assignment, apply it do all the things. So trying to figure that out and figure out a system that would help people like that, but also help the students who really are engaged in trying to, again, apply this content, making maybe making connections with the real world. I just love that. That supplemental instruction, what the students need. I remember sitting in a huge lecture hall of like chemistry 101, over 200 students. There is no one-on-one attention in that class. Right. You just have to, it's like either sink or swim, you know, yeah. and the, the the ones who can do it on their own, they swim, the ones who can't, they sink. And I was one of the ones who sank, like the Titanic. I, I just couldn't. I needed the one-on-one attention. So I really see the added value in what you're doing with this. Yeah, and we see that all the time. Like one of the places where we do a lot of work is around math and in particular, like first-year math in, in college and university. And that's a course that I feel like people even today have nightmares about trying to get through that class, talk about sink or swim. And when we see the types of questions that come in, which I think encapsulate everything you just said there, the student who's trying to get their homework done at midnight on Sunday and is desperate, but they're not the only one up studying. So when they get into their community, they can find other students that are out there that can help them all the way to the person who's so frustrated that they feel like I'm the only person that's not getting this. Like I must be just incapable of learning math. And then to see other students jump in and say, no, I've been there. I felt the same way. You can do this. So like that interaction of, let me help you understand this concept, but let me bring the humanity of this back to you. So you can really feel like you're not alone, even if you really are learning online and learning at a distance and not getting to spend time in a classroom with other people. That's such an important element of it. It is. It really is. Especially if you're doing a hybrid or online environment, like you're saying, it's just like feeling connected to the institution. It's, it's so important and knowing where, where to go and feeling that confidence, having to not worry about some of that stuff, those checklist items, paying your bills, all the different things that we can, we can list off that college students have to worry about beyond learning the content. It really just, just get it off their plates. And I see, I see Inscribe is helping with all of that stuff. hundred percent. So now that you've told us about all the things you've been doing this past year, what's coming up? Is there anything that you're excited about that you can share with us? And then I ask you some things about becoming like an ed tech founder and doing all the things that you're doing. So we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up this year, but the thing I'm most excited about is we are really focused now on integrating opportunities for synchronous engagement and interaction into our communities. So when we started Inscribe, we focused pretty much exclusively on self-service and asynchronous support in this kind of many-to-many model. And we did that because 
for the students that we were primarily working with, the non-traditional students, they're very busy. They're learning on nights and weekends. So self-service and asynchronous is where they were going to get the most value the fastest. But we recognize a fully rounded student support ecosystem has to be multimodal. And there are times when either the urgency of the issue or the complexity of the issue is one where you can't solve it on your own and the asynchronous communication just isn't fast enough or you can't go deep enough. And so what you really need to do is just talk to somebody, right? And so we're creating this hybrid model where an individual can kind of move between these different modalities of support really seamlessly. So I'll give you a couple examples. One would be just what you said. So you're a student, you're, it's late at night, you're working on getting your homework done, it's due tomorrow, and you just don't get it and you can't figure out what to do. And today, and you'll continue to be able to post a question to the community and there's probably somebody up that could help you. But what you'll also be able to do now is essentially put a call out to the community to Who's say, online? hey, does anybody want to jump into a quick study session with me? And so members of the community could jump into a chat or a video conference. You could dig deep on the homework, work on it together in more of that live environment. The other example we hear is a student will post something, let's say, about financial aid or their registration process they're trying to get through. And the advisor sees that and says, you know, this is a complicated enough topic that it's better for us to maybe work through it together. So they could invite the student into a live session so they could work through that content together rather than try and solve it asynchronously. So we're really excited about that. And we feel like if you can build that really integrated model that allows you to move between those modalities in a seamless way, that's where you'll start to have the highest impact for the most number of students in the most cost-effective way possible. Yes. And, and colleges love hearing cost-effective. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's our favorite words, cost-effective. <laughs> it is, but it's fair because of course you could improve the student experience and improve outcomes if you had 10 times as many people on staff, right? But that's not a tenable solution. No, it's not feasible either, you know, yeah. and like training people and getting them up to speed takes a lot of time. So this could really streamline that situation. Yeah. And if one of our goals collectively is to bring down the cost of education, then I think it's my responsibility as somebody who's working in this space to be mindful of that and to be building my technology in service of that goal. And so Absolutely. that's something that we're thinking about. And it sounds that's like exactly what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, I love it. I want to shift gears a little bit. I'm glad we got to talk about what's been happening with Inscribe, what's coming up. And we're not going to make it another year before we chat again, <laughs> because I want to know, I want to know sooner what's happening, but from your perspective, there's a lot of transitioning teachers out in the market. They're looking to get in the ed tech, or maybe they're looking to start their own kind of gig. Is there any sort of advice you can give people who are looking to this industry, whether that's as a co-founder or founder, or even just stepping into it, like as a sales customer service lead or something like that, could you provide the audience with some tips since you've been so successful? <laughs> I'll give you some general tips that Perfect. I think you get anywhere. And then I'll talk a little bit about ed tech and specifically. So I think you will hear this anywhere, but it really matters is solve a problem that you know exists. And it really helps if it's a problem that you felt. And I think that could work really well for practitioners who are coming out of the education world. They worked at an institution or an administration or as a faculty member. 
I guarantee they've got a laundry list of things that they feel like could work better in this space. Think about those. I'm sure there are problems that exist at, at your peer institutions, and that's a great starting place to think about how to build a product or a service that you can bring to market. I also think it's very important. This isn't true across the board, but most of the time when you're working in education technology, you really have three different customers that you're serving. The institution, who is in our case, at least the person who is buying the product, the staff and the faculty members who are often the people who are then responsible for implementing and supporting the product. And then the students who are ultimately often the people who will be deeply using the product and for whom you're trying to provide much of the benefit. And so as you're building the solution, you have to really think about the value proposition for each of those groups and balance them together and make sure you're not leaving one of them behind because it has to succeed across all of those angles for it to ultimately su succeed in the market. That is very well said <laughs> and great advice because I think people have a tendency to focus just on one of those and they don't consider the other stakeholders in the situation and that's where the stuff fails. Like, yeah. like what you're saying, you have to have, like, there has to be some sort of balance between everything for the ed tech. Yeah. And I see a lot of times the constituent that can sometimes get left out is that middle tier of the people who are implementing and supporting the product, which it's unusual to think that that would happen, but I think it does. And people start to lose empathy for that group of people and think about why their day is hard. Your product should make their life easier. It should speak to helping them do their job in a more effective way and really, you know, spend time talking to them and understanding what motivates them and what would help them. And it will make your life much easier in the long run. Absolutely. Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode here. You and I always have a good time chatting and it's, the conversation <laughs> with you is so easy and I love it. I just want to know, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that you want them to know about that we haven't got a chance to chat about? I guess in the lens of what does it take to be in ed tech and what does it take to be successful in ed tech? The other thing I would just say is I bristle at the word vendor sometimes because it has uh, I understand transactional kind yes. of feel to it. it and does. for us, the way that we always think about our relationships with the institutions, organizations we work with is as a partnership. So we want to be there to bring our expertise to the table. We want to listen to them to understand what they need that drives, as you probably heard very much our roadmap and how we think about the evolution of our product. So I would just say, you know, for other tech companies out there, be mindful of that. And as an institution, as you think about who you want to partner with and work with, look for organizations who have a partnership mindset, and then also think about what role you can play in that partnership. So be open to sharing your ideas with the companies you work with. Be open to sharing your research and the data that you gather around these products, because that's so important to us to be able to tell that story and to be able to learn from that so that we can evolve what we're doing going forward. Oh, we have to end on that note. So well said. <laughs> you have such a, you have such a nice, you have such a great way of explaining it. Like, oh. I feel like I, I jumble over my words sometimes when I understand what you're talking about, but you explain it in such a way that's so simplified and, and digestible. I couldn't do it any better. <laughs> you're wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming back on the show and sharing 
all the updates of things that are happening at Inscribe. We love getting updates and doing these Where Are They Now episodes. And like I said before, we should do this again sooner, not wait a whole year just to see where we're at. And we'll just keep in touch and keep the dial on what's happening at Inscribe. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing what you're doing. It's always great to talk with you, Holly. So I'll be back. Good. All right. Have a great afternoon. You too. You've just experienced another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest EdTech happenings. See you next time.